deactivate your StressBot 9000, pump yourself a bucket full of well water, and light an applewood fire in the study, because it's time to talk tall to me. I am Nick McGill. And I'm Omen Said. And this is Talk Tall to Me, and we are Feckless Moans. If you're listening for the first time, you're in for a wild ride. If you're listening for the 15th time, welcome back. Talk Tall to Me is an archaeological-type podcast where Nick McGill and I painstakingly brush off the old relics, which are the recordings of Jethro Tull. One by one, we analyze and catalog them and bring them back into the light. This week, we have a special treat. Well, it's a treat for me. It is track number eight off of their second album, Stand Up. This song is We Used to Know. Let's have a listen. Whenever I get to feel this way to find new words to say A thing about the bad old days We used to know Oh man, Nick, wait, Nick, I, I, have, a, I have a question for okay, you. Okay, please. How are you doing emotionally right now after hearing that song? This song... Uh, it's okay. This song... The... The... God, uh, this you when I said that this was one of my favorites last. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna take a thirty second break here and <laughs> let Nick recover. <laughs> Please stand by. Emotional problems in progress. Hi, Nick. How are you doing now? I'm feeling a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> what? Knowing that, ha- knowing that my best friend doesn't care about my feelings. <laughs> what what, ha- what happens to you when you listen to this song? <laughs> what happened to me when I was listening to this song 15 years ago, I think? R- yeah, uh, that is the question, yeah. It's just, it's beautiful. It is just, instrumentally, mm-hmm. it is a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you there. When I was an emo kid. Which, God, yes, you were. <laughs> When I was an emo kid, I was very introspective and very dwelly and very remember and think about how the past was better or could have been better. Sure, sure. Yeah, back when you were 12 as opposed to 15. <laughs> 16, 15 as opposed to 16. Right, yeah. I, I, It's just a, I love the song. That's all. I'm not um, on trial here. No, <laughs> no, it's it's just so funny. This this song, I do think it's beautiful. It doesn't do it for me on an emotional level, and 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 that's you know that's okay too. Last week, yeah, when I said I loved this song a lot, yeah, you said something akin to "Oh, I know you do" or "You would" or something like that. Well, it's because yeah, it's and I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly why this song is i think highly sentimental yes that is that is a beautiful way to put it and also a little emo ragey 
and not ragey. Let's be clear. It's not ragey. Emo thrashy. How about that? There's no thrash. There's rage and thrash implies a violence. This is more a passive flan of emo. I I feel like it's um I feel like it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a headbang, like an emo headbang. Oh that that heavy quote unquote heavy guitar at the end, sure. I'll give you that. I was thinking more lyrically. Sure. Yo yeah, definitely. But um and I think that I think that you I think you have a streak of sentimentality in you. I did for sure. I think it's dead now. Right. <laughs> along with your along with your soul and your heart. Most of my emotions, yeah. I do since we brought up the guitar, I, I do I do want to just like just for a second light a candle at the holy altar of Martin Barr because my god It's tasty. Do you remember a couple episodes ago when, when I, I made the observation that it, it the his style on one of the songs almost had like um, a proto Mark Knopfler feel to it. Yes, was that? It was either "Nothing Is Easy" or "Back to the Family." I don't quite remember, but yeah, definitely. I think it was "Nothing Is Easy." Well, this one, I feel like he's channeling Jimi Hendrix. The man is he—he's mm. the chameleon of the guitar. He can sound like anything. It's—it's—it's it's, it's just so shocking. I've got something to knock your boots off on that one. Get ready for this. Knock them off, please. Wait, let me let me put them on. Put put on your boots. All right, I'm I have my boots on. Lace them up. I want to give them the full the full okay. test. <laughs> I'll wait for your mom to get there to tie your shoes. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I think. So the chord progression, yeah, on this is remarkably similar to Hotel California by the Eagles. Uh-huh. Anderson says that the chord progression for this was subconsciously picked up by the Eagles. Oh, how generous of him. When they toured together in 71 or 72, and that's how they were used in Hotel California. However, Don Felder, who wrote the music for Hotel California, didn't join the Eagles until 1974. Whoa! Yeah. But this was this song was recorded before that. Correct, correct. But Ian Anderson very underhandedly said, "Oh yeah, they must have gotten it from us." When I mean, I suppose Don Felder could have heard it and subconsciously picked it up. Well, you know, you know, you say underhanded, but but I think it's actually refreshing that there's not a lawsuit about it because you know there are there are ongoing multiple ongoing lawsuits of of one artist or another suing someone else because they stole this riff or something like that sure and it's nice that this isn't one of those examples well i don't know when when he would have said that i i they were i'm sure it was a less litigious time mm, yeah because in in 2016 ian anderson stated in an interview that the chord progression had likely been used in earlier songs that had also been called Hotel California. Oh. That was a, quote, much better song, end quote, than we used to know. What is he talking about? He's saying that there must have been earlier versions of Hotel California that Don Felder didn't write. Weird. That they would have played during the tour or must have been picked up because of the tour and I guess must have happened 
must have come out between 71 and 74 before Don Felder joined. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all very passive aggressive it feels. No no one is to blame. What an intriguing and subtle morass we find ourselves in. Yeah. If we can step out of that swamp for a second and Yes, that's that that that's just in reference to the great guitar solo no, that's... And, and we can leave now. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about the lyrics on this because I I do I am finding them fascinating and I I, I um I want to get your perspective on this. I'm going to I'm going to throw an interpretation at you. Are you ready? I I feel like I'm being put to a test here. No, 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 no. <laughs> After the thrashing I took earlier. No, I'm being I'm being genuine. I know that's unusual. I I so I, I have a theory and that is that this is Ian Anderson kind of having a moment reflecting on his own life mm-hmm. and reflecting on the difficult times pre their fame and success because i think that i think that you could say that you know at this point they are becoming really a success and they probably have more more financial means at their disposal than they did you know in in years past and i think that i i i imagine that it really must have been a struggle to get to this point i mean it's never easy to be a success to make a success as an artist um no matter what time period you're living in and and i i wonder i wonder what he went through i wonder what the band went through you know when they were getting to this point i bet they probably roughed it a couple times and probably didn't have money for all the things that they wanted while they were pursuing the dream of having the most long running prog rock band in existence sure and you know how how daunting that must have seemed i'm i'm looking at this sort of the 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 fourth stanza remembering mornings shillings spent made no sense to leave the bed the battle days they came and went giving way to fruitful years i um i i don't know that's such a that's such a, a visceral image like mm. having waking up in the morning and knowing you have no money and seeming like you have no prospects and thinking well why do i why do i even bother what's the point yeah well i think i think certainly they were they they were gaining momentum at this point. They oh, were certainly absolutely. on that trajectory up. They they still had a a couple more years before they were really like slamming it, but they were they were definitely getting there. It's certainly better. They weren't scraping for pennies to buy cigarettes. No, no, not like they were while they were Ian Henderson's bag o' nails for sure. Oh dear God! <laughs> and then they had to sell the bag of nails. That's right. They had to find the nails and then sell them. Poor old Ian Henderson. This does not, this should not be coming from a 21-year-old. Yeah, it has a, it has a maturity to it, which I think is like one of the things that makes Ian Anderson such a, a fascinating songwriter. I feel like this is an album where he is coming into his own as a songwriter and really achieving this kind of genuine, deep. Yeah. Poetry and, and 
and vulnerability. I mean, this is a vulnerable song. Yeah. I mean, some of it feels a little trite. It feels like they're just aphorisms of, oh, it was crappy and now it's getting better. Yeah, but you know, it's it's done the it's done in a poetic way which is unique. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think between the singing and the just the instrumentation, it really it just wraps it all up in a in a just a heartfelt crushed cake in a box. It's just it's just so delicious. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it you can look at it as, "Oh, what does he know?" He's only 21. Mm-hmm. But also like, yeah, we're getting that we're getting that flavor. We're getting that feeling of of the the Ian Anderson that I picture on the the cover of Aqualung as the the ragged old man, you know? Mm-hmm. That's 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 who's singing this. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And who knows what you know what some of those experiences were oh yeah absolutely that led him to this point absolutely i it's easy to to think 50 plus years ago after their insanely successful rock band it's easy to think oh it couldn't have been that bad or whatever it's so far removed right but you can't really manufacture this without there being something behind it right and i think that part of that is just ian anderson's deep nature yeah which stemmed from whatever experiences he had you know well and i think that you know you were you were talking about how when you were a younger gentleman you had a tendency toward introspection and um uh what did you say introspection and Dwelly, dwellingness. Yeah. I think that Ian Anderson might have had a touch of the same characteristics in a way. Yeah. I mean, he's he's never been super flashy. And I mean, aside from performance, like like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the performance person versus the after show person, the real yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, You know, he's never been all flashy and crazy he's always he's always been kind of a curmudgeon he's a he's a rock star for introverts finally finally we get one (laughs) right it's great no it is it is i think that there is i there is a even if you can't relate to something like like the the verse that you said, remember morning shilling spent made no yeah. sense to leave the bed. You know, I certainly couldn't, that didn't appeal to me in college. I couldn't relate to that in college. But there is that, there's that plodding melancholy. There's that, there's that looking, looking in and looking back that I, that I related to, that I, I still relate to. I was certainly not as, as emo as I was. No. Because it affected me so potently then yeah it's still it still gets me it's like um what was the one that that was so good for you uh back to the family sure yeah it still hits you because it hit you so so potently when you were growing it leaves that impression on your on your mind i i also just want to for just a second address the his reference to a proverb 
they I think that is such a beautiful pair of lines. Pair of lions? <laughs> pair of lines. Oh, I I thought we were like going to the field museum or something. Would that we could. Yeah, so just just to say what we're looking at here, so it's the it's the the fifth stanza and the lyric is saving up the birds in hand while in the bush the others land. Take what you take what we can before the man says it's time to go. Then of course it's a reference to a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's so fun. It's so it's so like the fact that the fact that he's a twenty two year old and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna write this sick lyric about a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's like Oh yeah, yep, that's him. It's it's a nice spin on a otherwise trite saying. The imagery is beautiful. I think it ties in really great with the underlying misery that is is plowing through this song. Yeah. But there's also there's also a level of hopefulness to it. But hopefulness in well, right, because it's a, it's a victory in a sense. Yeah, it's it's hopefulness in your own contained sense. While stuff is still better outside, at least I have, I'm saving up the birds. Well, and I think I think that there's a bit of a, I think that there's a bit of a, a through line of, of victory in this song that 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 his method of life has worked, you know, because hmm. the the whole the whole phrase a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush means. That it's it's better to it's better to to keep a hold of what you have rather than chasing after something that might be better that you don't have, right? And you know, pairing that with the line, "We ran the race; the race was run was won by running slowly." It's like I feel like I feel like he has been his whole life on a mission pursuing this this sound this this unique. It's unique approach to rock and roll. And I'm mm. sure that he was told a million times throughout the years, oh, you know, that's crazy. You're playing the flute in a rock band. How silly. You know, you're never going to make it. You're not, you don't have the right personality to be a rock star. You're not sexy enough. You don't do enough drugs. And this, I feel like this is a little bit of um, a little bit of an FU to, to the world to say, look, I, I followed my own path and and here we are. It's certainly crazy applicable right now, particularly that last line you just said, we ran the race, the race was won by by running slowly. Yeah. I mean, how many bands stopped for any number of reasons in the last 50 years? Oh, every band that has existed in the last 50 years almost. Ian Anderson is still touring. Yeah, he's still think he's methodical about it sure sure he he it it took him it took him some time but he found what worked he took whether he intentionally did this or not there was there's some sort of scientific approach to the the creation of his music in the sense of of looking at what succeeds and and that's not to say he does the same thing over and over i mean over the years their sound is just goes all over the place yeah it does but they're still playing this is one of the the songs though that i that i really do feel like has that classic jethro tall sound Mm -hmm. you know it's got it's got some of the elements that really last throughout all the different albums sure he he tears 
up the flute on this song. God, that flute solo that's just like, it's like a crying voice. Yeah. There's so much feeling in that flute. And then he just, he passes it off to Barr. I know, it's so great. You know, you know, one of the things that I, I Martin Barr, if, it, as if I didn't love him already as much as I thought I could, this process has really just opened my eyes to how amazing he is. I think one of the, th- I think one of the things that is successful about this song is that, or one of the places where it could fall flat is, you know, Ian Anderson has these like fairly emo lyrics and he's like doing this very soulful singing. He plays the heck out of his rock flute and and then Martin Barr comes in and like commits so hard yeah to that world he does the equivalent of Anderson's flute he does and he he brings legitimacy to it mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean like if you didn't have a stellar electric guitar on this song i think it wouldn't be as i think it wouldn't hold up as well but but you know you have this like very sort of weird sensitive rock star ian anderson playing his flute soulfully and then Martin Barr coming in with his just like cl- uh, like classic electric sound being like, yes. Yeah. Yes, you are having those feelings on overdrive. I would that there's there is a, a, a literally a full minute of just guitar at the end of this song. Are you referring to? <laughs> yeah, the, is that a wah? I think it's a wah pedal. I think it's a wah pedal on overdrive. I would love a little, a little flute at the end to just like, kind of as a button. But that being said, like it is, oof. and there's a there's a, a secondary guitar that comes in on that that last minute as well that kind of accompanies an acoustic, which very well could be Anderson. Yeah, I think it. I think it probably is. I, but it's it's. There there are times which we'll hear later on where they do throw in some guitar solos, like the very tail end of songs from the wood P broke captain hand. I think it, I think in that song, it takes away from the weight of the lyric and everything in between. But in this song, this is a solid button. It carries it through. It, it's, it keeps the sound and builds on it. It doesn't feel out of place one bit. I agree. Nick. Yes, Alden. You have offspring. I do. If this song were a piece of parental advice... What piece of parental advice would it be? Oh, dear Lord. Boom! Oh, man. If you're not sobbing by the end of this episode, I didn't do my job. Whose therapist is whom? (laughs) Um. (laughs) I would never be... I don't know that I would be a good therapist. Maybe I would. I think I would be a better 
like shaman or something. I don't. Ooh, I don't okay. know. Yeah, I think I think I'd be a good therapist. There is very little room for regret. Ooh. It's okay to have that feeling, but it's not okay to keep it. Feel it, learn from it, grow from it, and move on. Learn, wait, feel it? Feel it, learn from it, grow from it, and move on. Feel it, learn it, grow from it. The new book for children <laughs> by Nick McGill. <laughs> I want to add. I love this. I and I want to. I want to add one other piece. We're gonna. We're gonna give this episode to your offspring when it turns eighteen, in sixteen years, in a graduation basket. <laughs> who Who knows in sixteen years what what will exist? Well, he will already have have all podcasts ever created downloaded into his mind at that point. <laughs> well, I just. I want to add that. I think there's a really interesting element of this song where he ends by saying, but for your own sake, remember times we used to know. It's like, yes, you've been through all of this hardship. You've been through all of these really dark periods. You got through it. It's important to honor that period and almost yeah. to to thank it for what it taught you. Sure. Sure, you you have to acknowledge it. You'll never, you'll never be able to take anything from it if you push it away. As terrible as it was, it's like it's like the Marie Kondo method. You know, you don't need this hard time anymore. It does not spark joy, but you thank it for everything that it's given you. But that that is a a permanent release, whereas this the Marie Kondo is a permanent release, whereas this is. Keep it in a filing cabinet, basically. Hmm, interesting, interesting. But you're not experiencing it anymore. No, but but it's always there as a memory. Right, to be honored. For access, yeah. All right, okay. Put it in the memory museum. Yeah, just turn it into a digital file and stack it away on your, your 30 terabyte hard drive and, and move on. Carry on. Turn it into an oil painting and... Put it in the basement. That way you'll you'll never age. <laughs> Don't let anyone Don't find let it. Don't let anyone see it. No, no, if you see it, you'll right? If he sees it, his own painting. I've never I've never read I've never read the portrait of, of Dorian Gray. I, I'm I think it's yeah, I think it's if if he sees he can't it. See yeah, it? I that think it? that's what it is. Oh, interesting. Was that um Oscar Wilde? Oh yeah. One of his Wild Man. One of his serious ones, yeah. Yeah, maybe his only one. Probably, yeah. You know, he was arrested once, and the police report where it said, you know, why he was arrested, the charge was for moving about too much on a Sunday. Because <laughs> they couldn't write, he's a homosexual, and that's why we're arresting him. Yeah, right. They couldn't bring themselves to write that word. Yeah, hashtag goals right there. Someday, <laughs> I, want, I want that on my permanent record. Sir? You are moving about too much on a Sunday. Why, thank you for noticing. <laughs> thank you. I'm sure he was very flamboyant and very flouncy. At least he is in my mind. He's, he is a cartoon depiction of a person of that era. 
Have you ever seen a picture of him? I'm pretty sure I have. He's like he's like eight foot tall, and he's is he he's, really? He, he's very very tall. He's a very big tall guy, and he looks real sad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's not that surprising. No. Unfortunately, right. Wasn't he big and oh, that's right. He was a great big guy. He reminds me of Doug Kyes, or he reminds me of Stephen Fry. Mm. He very much reminds me of Stephen Fry. Yeah, maybe. But Stephen Fry was happy. Stephen Fry is very happy, but he's he's very weighed down by a greater knowledge. I find. Mm. If Stephen Fry was living in a time where he was assaulted on a daily basis for his being, absolutely. 1854 through 1900, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of being a homosexual, he was Irish, which wasn't sort of makes you persona non grata in. Oh, yeah. In, in London. In, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He died in Paris, though. Oh, hashtag goals. Oh, my God. And he had two children. Well, you know. He, he liked the, the letter Y, apparently. Cyril. C-Y-R-I-L, and Vivian, V-Y-V-Y-A-N. That has almost no vowels in it. <laughs> this, it has almost no sometimes, sometimes vowels. It's, it's the Welsh spelling of Vivian. It's got to be. There, why is there an X and a W in there? <laughs> <laughs> and it's six Gs that seem to have gets It gets the phlegm out. Now, um, Nick. Omen. As we think about times we used to know, what are the times which we are going to know next week? The fourth of the just utterly beautiful songs. (laughs) Probably when I go back and and listen to it and read the lyrics, it'll be just as emo. One of my top 14 of this (laughs) 14-song album. It is Reasons for Waiting. Ooh, well, I guess we're going to have to wait to hear that one. Yeah, the reason you're waiting is that these only come out once a week. That's right. <laughs> That's and and uh, you know what you can do in the meantime, while you are waiting for the reason that you love these podcasts, you can tell your friends to subscribe to us. You can write us a review on the various podcast platforms especially itunes that makes a big difference for us there definitely you can write us a note if you're feeling lonely or if you want to violently disagree with us on anything that we have said here on this podcast send us a note to momes at fecklessmomes.com that would be awesome or you can just head on over to fecklessmomes.com we have a contact page right there And you can check out our back catalog. You can also check out the other podcast under the Feckless Momes family. Ooh. Rigged. Yep. The three McGill brothers uh, are your hosts for that one. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Come on back in a week. Don't forget to bring the canary this time, please. Until then, I'm Omen Sade. And I'm Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Oh, hey there.
Talk Tell to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.